Welcome to the 2019 return of What the Football, the podcast that puts the F in the football. I'm your host, Patrick Gilbert, and joining me as co-host for this season are Con Taylor and Liam Lawler. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks, Pat. Nice to be back for another year. Hey, Pat. Welcome. Good oh, yes. Here as well. Thanks, Liam. And it is a special welcome to Liam, who is making his debut tonight. Liam, to tell our listeners the most important thing about you. Well, it's it's just got to be that I'm a, a gooner. It's we all we all have our teams that we support, but I just support the best team that there is. So. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't even have to rehearse him for that. I didn't even have to rehearse him. So so con. His podcast started with two Liverpool hosts. <laughs> then we had two Manchester United hosts at one stage. Never before have we had two Arsenal hosts like we do with Liam and myself. Are you going to be able to handle it? Look, I thought we, I thought this podcast was going to improve year on year, but it seems to be going backwards, which is a bit of a concern. <laughs> Two Arsenal supporters, someone help me. Well, mate, after your uh, lack of grace in the Liverpool Champions League victory over the off season, <laughs> I, I think, I think you can handle yourself. But before we get into chatting about the footy, let's kick off our first segment of the season. It is WTF Moments. <laughs> yes, WTF Moments is a segment where your hosts bring you all the little or big moments during the weekend that made us truly sit up and say WTF. So, guys, Con, I will start with you. What is something that caught your eye? What's your WTF moment for well, the very first one of the season, mate? Got to make it good. I, th- I actually have a good one, and I think it uh, will be at the front end of most people's mind. But, um, of course, VAR. But one thing in particular that played a part this weekend was the, the handball. And, uh, I don't know, I'm slightly perplexed by the new ruling, to be honest. It's, I don't know if anybody saw the Wolves game. Um, where corner came in, uh, Wolves scored pretty late on what appeared to be the winner in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but upon review, the goal got disallowed for the new handball rule. So the new handball rule, obviously, if the ball touches an opponent's arm um, or anywhere and then results, you know, lands at an opposition's player's foot and the ball goes into the net, uh, the goal is disallowed. So any sort of touch, whether it be accidental or not, as long as that hand or arm plays a, a, a part in the goal is completely disallowed. So I don't know. It takes away from, as a striker or as, a, as watching a game, you want to see the goals occur. This just seems like another way to stop, stop it from happening. But then on the other side of the equation, if uh, there was the Brighton game, where the ball clearly hit an opponent in the arm, but that's not, you know, they don't look at that as something that's intentional. Uh, sorry, as that's not intentional. So the ruling is ambiguous on both ends of the spectrum. On one end, it doesn't matter whether it's intentional or not. On the other end, it has to be intentional to be a penalty. So I, I really don't understand how you can have one rule for one end and then another rule for the other side. 
So maybe yeah. you guys can help clear that up. Exactly. That why a, would you Why would you bring that rule in? Why, why, why would you say it's okay for forwards to accidentally handball it? Well, sorry, other way around. It's okay for defenders to accidentally handball it, but not forwards. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just, look, that's a, that's a strange one for me as well. I mean, it just seems like there isn't the... You're supposed to have an attacking advantage and you just take that away and just give the defenders everything. Uh, have you guys actually seen the Wolves goal I'm talking about? Yep, I yeah. saw that one. I it mean, was... what what was your thoughts on it? Well, That's play the... on for me. To the rule, it's it's a handball. Yeah, to but... the rule, it's a handball. But jeez, but... <laughs> it's a bit rough, and it's it's one of those decisions which seem to always go in the way of the the big teams, doesn't it? Like I was, I felt yeah. sorry for Wolves. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they probably deserved it at that stage. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I, it's it's similar to the to the offside rule when when they are splitting half an armpit between yeah. whether guys onside or offside, <laughs> and it's like these these dotted lines, and you're going, well, where's where are you taking the starting point <laughs> of his shoulder from? So so, so now you're penalising the blokes who've got the broader shoulders. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but. but but listen, it was it was probably right, uh, and yeah. so 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 you can't you can't blame it if it's right. And but that's it, it, it's like I always look at the cricket. I mean, it's it's a clear and obvious errors you want to get wrong. You want yeah. to, you, you, as Liam said earlier, you want to encourage scoring, and and that was a perfectly legitimate and really good goal by Man City. Then, and you yeah. want to see those sort of goals, and if you're gonna if someone's hair is just blown across the line, I mean, I mean, people are going to start shaving their heads. That's that's my big call. People from now on will start shaving their heads. What what you can do, Z? His hair will disappear. Um, we, Abamyang. We could yeah, be a few others. There. Salah could I mean, work Salah. against a few of these players. I just I think when you the problem with this is as much as we call for. Um, you know, intervention from uh, technology. Once you go down this path, you effectively open up a can of worms. Because when is when is too much? W- yeah, you know what I mean. When is too when, much? When too is it much? too much? Yeah. Now, would you uh, like to see something like the cricket? Because the, the cricket for their sport has sort of got it right. That the the captains are allowed. I would limit it, limit it to one, but they're allowed yeah. two incorrect reviews. Um, would that work in in soccer? If you said, okay, you have one review for the whole of the match, if you want us to review this decision. That's an interesting notion. Um, I'm not sure it would work. It works in the tennis as well, to be fair. So, mm. But I just, I think um, it's such a, a fast-paced game and yeah, the more all these stoppages, you just slow things down and, um, it works for some teams, tactics for for some teams. Atletico tend to just slow a game down really well and it works really well for them. But for for teams that like playing attacking football and they want to be fast-paced, it's just another stoppage and another halt in play. But but it's happening already, Liam. So would you prefer the, the refs to just randomly be be saying, oh, hang on, we're reviewing this, and they review every, every single decision? Or would you like it to the players to have one chance at doing it for the whole match and the captain's got to say hang on hold i want that reviewed look it's a it's a tough call i um 
uh, as a player, you want all the power. So f- for me, I'm going to say I give the captain one review a game, and that's it. Move on. Yeah, See, that... I have no, I have no issue with the way that it's. Uh, look, I think where VAR comes in is that when it comes to offsides, you are either onside or you're offside. So mm-hmm. as much as it pains us to go down the path of, oh, his armpit was offside or he's got a yeah. cut in, effectively it's around if any part of your scoring, uh, uh, any part of your body that can you can actually score from is in an offside position, then that's fair call. When they're celebrating, the refs can check. So you're not really slowing down the game. You then review it and it, it's on. So you're kind of not taking away from the fact that the game is still continuing. The issues I have is more, I mean, if, if you talk about it in particular, it's, it's the ambiguity in the handball decisions. It's potentially, um, you know, maybe red card decisions where you, th- you can see things maybe changing um, in critical moments where they'll slow it down to have a look. So those are the things where we just need a bit more clarity, I suppose, in how they'll be handled. But the Premier League has taken an extra year to try and figure out the best way to do this as opposed to some of the other leagues that have incorporated it from last year. So it wasn't a bad weekend for those decisions. I guess we just got to get used to this. For me, the biggest thing was the handball decisions. And yeah, that's kind of still a blurry, blurry case for me. Okay, moving on, Liam. Look, my, um, my what the football moment was, I don't know if you guys saw it. I, um, I read it up. This this afternoon, I saw it pop up on one of my many social media feeds that I monitor to do with football. Um, the AZ Alkma, I don't know if that's how you pronounce their, their name of their football club, but their stadium, the roof blew blew off and and, <laughs> and off. kind of yeah, and like crushed uh, like a certain tier of the of the stadium there. That's in the in the Dutch league, so. Yeah, was, was, any, fortunate, was there a game going? No, fortunately, fortunate enough, no one was there. It was just a, a massive storm came through, and I mean, why it's wiped out a whole section of the their stadium. And it, oh, for me, I was a bit mind blown. We they spend all this money on these new stadiums. I mean, Tottenham have just built their new stadium, and this can you imagine a stand falling over and just makes you think back to a couple of tragedies that happened a long time ago, but. Yeah, for me that was mind blowing. Wow, I, I had not heard about that. So, what yeah. leads that in? In the in the Dutch league, so the Eredivisie, or I think that's how you say it. Um, the the club's name is AZ Alkmaar. AZ Alkmaar. Yeah. yeah, that's certainly so that's a, a new one. WTF <laughs> moment, that's for sure. Thanks, Ryan. I don't think Liam. I've ever heard of anything like that. Lucky there was no fans there at the time. Yeah. Well, let's let's take a look at the promoted teams. That that was a bit of my WTF moment. I, is there something different about this year's crop? Remember last year's crop, two out of the three got relegated. Wolves yeah. being the be, being the outlier there, who did really well. Uh, so I was slightly impressed with all of them. Each of them, to me, brought something to the table this year. What did you guys think? I was really impressed with Norwich. I know, look, very hard start to be coming to Anfield and playing the six-time European champions. So <laughs> Just had to throw I that mean, in there. Uh, just reminder, we are the European champions. But in all seriousness, Norwich, the, uh, what I liked about Norwich was the way in which they approached the game. Yeah, they made a couple of mistakes, as these newcomers do do. But 
what impressed me with them was their their ability to play the ball out the back and their drive to actually enforce their game. And to be fair, had they taken a couple of their chances early on, I mean, they did what 19 other teams couldn't do at Anfield last year, and that was score. So for a promoted team to actually do that, and then secondly, at the same time, um, create more chances than Liverpool at one stage was phenomenal. I think what's going to be the interesting thing, Pat, and I agree with you on this one, but what's going to be the interesting thing is if things don't go their way, what will the coach do? Will he succumb and change the, change the tactics? Or will he be a Wolves and just, you know, force through and try to get their game across the, the way in which they want to play it? So Norwich, definitely for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you said that, Con, because that game was very different to the scoreline. In fact, yeah. it's not the only game that was where the scoreline probably lies a bit. I mean, obviously, to my mind, the Manchester United-Chelsea game, that scoreline lied a lot as well. Yeah. Um, but, but, but yeah, I think 100% on everything you said there. I mean, Norwich, they, they didn't go into their shell. They said, no, we, we came up attacking. We're going to come in here attacking. Uh, and that's admirable, although sometimes you go, well, do you need to make some small change to, to, to recognise you are playing against possibly a superior team? But, but hey... You, they're not going to die, try, die wondering, are they? And and the other point you mentioned is is what I worry about because they don't really, you can't really get get a much tougher initiation in the Premier League. Liverpool Anfield, yeah. And they go home to Newcastle, which is okay, but then they're home to Chelsea, yes. um, and then they yeah, are tough fixtures, yeah. Away, away to West Ham, and then they've got another big game coming up against Man City. So they yeah. they play. <laughs> that's a pretty tough one. They they play three <laughs> of the top five in the first five or six matches, wow. and and so so you, you think if, if they came up against let's say a Bournemouth in the first game, yes, um, and they played like they did against Liverpool, I reckon they would have beaten them because oh yeah, but, but, and and then and then they're they're flying. But you just hope the players don't lose confidence and lose belief because they're going to get they're going to. They're always going to get pummeled against Liverpool, no matter what they did. Most yeah. teams are. I mean, Arsenal could have travelled to Liverpool and got pummeled. So four ones, four ones, not a, not, not, not a terrible result. And they're probably going to get pummeled when they play Man City. They're probably going to get pummeled when they, well, maybe not when they play Chelsea. But but you know what I mean. If, if they have three yeah. big losses in the first five, then then it's going to take a lot of belief. But yeah, for them to keep playing that style. But but if you, you look at the other teams also, so I mean, Aston Villa. They were, yeah. they were in that against <laughs> Tottenham. It took two late yeah. hurricane goals to get the win, and then, and then you, the Bournemouth game was was interesting with Sheffield United. Now Sheffield United, I think, I think I found my second favourite team in the really? competition. Uh, I just thought that they they looked like an old style, big bodied <laughs> team that that's come team. up. Yeah, big bodied <laughs> English team. You've you've got these big guys like. Basham, yeah. he's even got the name Basham, and, he, and he, he, <laughs> he's running into the midfield and down the wing, and he's like, he he's, he's looks really clumsy, but he's just like, he just does the little things. He misplaces passes in the midfield when because he he's shouldn't even be there, but he's just they they're, they're bruising. And I've also got Lundstrom running through the middle, who used to be a centre back last year, 
wow. that, 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 that they were going to get rid of him. And I went, oh, this guy can play a bit in the midfield. And there's this big <laughs> unit just running around in the midfield, just clobbering people. And so... It reminds you of the old days of a Wimbledon or something. Yeah, you know, that's what... Just smashing guys, yeah. Exactly. And, uh, and, and But then they've got, got a few clever forwards too. And uh, um, so, so, yeah, so they're, they're going to make... They're, they're not going to be an easy team to play against. And, and, and they're fun to watch because they at least try and do something different. I mean, yeah. people people have talked ad nauseum about their flying centre-backs that, that just sprint down the field and overlap with their, their wing-backs and end up on the wing. And and, and that's that, that's great. I mean, they didn't really do it too much because they, they sort of got to three-quarters down the field and then they lost possession most of the time and then they had to run back. But it, at least it's something different. And, and also, they didn't change it either, Con. I mean, you said Norwich didn't change it. And Sheffield United are staying true to themselves too. So... Really, good, yeah. really impressed with the three promoted teams. They they gave a good standing, and and there's going to be some teams that that are going to be looking over their shoulder. Teams like maybe Southampton, yeah, Watford, West Ham. Of which Southampton and Watford's result were pretty pathetic on the opening weekends. To be fair, yeah, <laughs> definitely. I mean that Watford result. I, I didn't <laughs> see that coming. That's for sure. That's a that's a WTF moment. Three 0 yeah. down at home to Brighton. To Brighton, who could barely score last season. <laughs> Ridiculous. And yeah. uh, any players that are caught your eye apart from Liverpool players, Con? Yeah, look, I'll stay away from the Liverpool players because they're you know just quality. But back to the Norwich player, uh, I do like their striker Pookie. Uh, one thing I noticed in the game against us, he's, what, he's, what, he, what he's really good at, besides his finishing, which was quite quite good, his link-up play is quite brilliant. But what really got, got me excited about him was his movement. Mm. His ability yeah. to actually lose the defender and actually create a bit of confusion amongst the back line. I've never seen Liverpool's back line be so kind of all over the place. And I mm. think that was the direct result of his movement between the lines. And I know, look, Gomez and Van Dijk were getting, you know, rekindling their partnership again. But I actually think he'll get double figures this season, that striker, if he's fed the the amount of um, opportunities that can come to him. I, I really rate him. I think he's a good player. Yeah, he, he was, for me, he, he was brilliant. I thought, it, he, I think he got in behind um, Van Dijk and Gomez at least two or three times. And then on any other day, I think he scuffed two chances. Uh, on any other day, I think in the championship he would have scored those last year, and he 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 could go on to score a lot of goals this year for them and, and go a long way to keeping them up at the end of the day. Mm. Now, but if if I'm rem- remembering his goal properly, he he basically didn't even look at the goals he was played through, knew exactly yes. where the goals were, and just and hit it and just hit it across into the bottom corner, and 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 that's just. That's pure striking genius, isn't it? I mean, that, that's what 100%. all the best strikers do. He didn't look up and go, Where am I? where's my target? That's right. You get the ball, there he goes, every time, bottom corner, bang. Yep. And 100%. Really good sign. One last one last WTF moment. Um, Chelsea, Manchester United. I, I suddenly oh. thought, is this a sign of things to come for Chelsea without Eden Hazard? Mate, you know what, Pat? It was funny. I actually, unfortunately, did not watch the game, but I did watch the mini game. And prior to that, I had seen the results, and I said, holy crap, are United back? Or are Chelsea this crap? 
Um, oh, my goodness. I mean, I've listened to the commentary. I've heard about it. United seem to not play well, yet get a 4-0 victory. And yeah. Chelsea, with the team that they had on the field, I mean, I looked at that lineup and kind of went, that's a pretty average team that they had out there, if I'm honest. Not a team I would say would take, a, take Chelsea to the top four, personally. And you take away Hazard from that side, and they, they kind of still created opportunities. They still did things. But at the end of the day, they cop four goals. So, you know, for Frank Lampard, you, you can say it's a tough result to take. But this league is cruel, and I just I don't see Chelsea being anywhere near the top four this year. I'm going to go out and say it on match day one. Liam, your thoughts on Chelsea? Yeah, look, I probably I stayed up and actually watched that, hence why I was probably so tired at work today. But um, the Chelsea dominated that game for for a good about eighty percent of it, and yeah, good period. Yep, were unfortunate to hit the post twice, and mm-hmm. and football is about fine margins, and and goals change games at the at the end of the day. So if if you if you don't if they don't hit the post and they go in, then they could have been up one or two nil, and it's a different game from there. But they didn't take their chances, and oh, yeah, Man United went down the other end on a couple of counter attacks and 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 finished their their chances. So, but I think in in terms of of Chelsea without Hazard, there there wasn't a lot of option down that left hand side. They ended up playing Barkley down that left hand side, which. Obviously, he's he's not really a, a winger to be to be fair, but you you could see there there was no outlet. You could they had Pedro going down the right hand side and he was cutting in and he had a couple of shots, but they they really missed Hazard uh, yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I mean, when I was watching and I was thinking live, I was thinking, gee, they're being a bit unlucky here. We're being quite quite a bit unlucky, but at the end of the day. Scoring is a massive part of soccer, isn't it? 100%. You, you've got to score the goals. And, and that's why, in most cases, take out Van Dijk and Maguire, but all other forwards are paid much more than defenders and midfielders because they score the, the important goals. And how many goals did have that score last year? 25, 30? Um, he, that they rely on him so much to score goals. And the same opportunities that Chelsea had last night he buries them. He, he might have got one or two before Man United scored. And so that's why I thought, yeah, they were unlucky, but but they've still got to be able to score the goals. And and if they don't have Hazard, they're not going to score the goals that they need to. And they, they're going to cop these results. And Man United were, were the opposite. They were clinical. I mean, you got to hand it to... Rashford was just brilliant last night. And... Just, just his first touch, and then, and then his composure popping it in the bottom corners both times. I mean, he's just, well for the first time, and then the penalty, and then, I mean, that, that's what that's what they're lacking. Chelsea, they don't have those players, and so they, they'll be able to dominate games and not win them. Not, yeah, I agree. Which is why I probably see the challenge for the top four, you know, being United and Arsenal probably more so than. Chelsea being anywhere near there. I think Chelsea are going to struggle big time this season. Okay, moving on to our next segment. Alexis at the back post, but it's Messi! Are you kidding me? This is off the charts again! Brilliant from Messi! He can do it! Whatever you need, a fireman! Messi's the man to call! Yes, this is who the football said that. And this is a segment where I will play a clip 
and I want Cornelian to see if they can tell me who is actually saying it and what the situation is. Now, you can play along at home because these guys never get it straight away. So you guys ready for the first clip? Sure am. Go for it. Iwobi will, he'll be a threat. Not a good finisher. Doesn't score goals. But he's, a, he's a hard worker and he's effective. And by Jacka. Lacazette. There was a commentator's curse. Yes, it was. So can Liam will probably have best chance of getting this one. But anyone know what the comment, who the commentator was, and what the game was? I remember that game clearly. <laughs> I don't remember that game. <laughs> I actually, in our in our in our messenger group that we have. I remember saying, what an idiot commentator. <laughs> Iwobi just came onto the field. And I even remember Liam and another Arsenal supporter saying, oh, we've got no chance now that Iwobi's on. And his first <laughs> touch, he scores an absolute screamer. I think Arsenal actually lost that game overall. Oh. And that was a sort of a goal to get them back into the game. Just can't remember the opposition, if it was Chelsea or... Somebody, but he scored from outside the box, yeah. is what I, I remember. A, I have a feeling it was one of the Europa League games last year towards, oh, was it the final of the Europa League? Ding, it was the final of the Euro That's Europa League. That's what it was, you're right. Yeah, watch Chelsea. <laughs> Against Chelsea. <laughs> so you both get half a point each there. And, oh. But for, for, dub, for bonus points, can you name the commentators? Probably not. That's a tough ask. Uh, I'm going to throw out, and it's probably not, but they're staring me in the face right now and say Peter Drury, but I don't think it's him. Nope. It was uh, David Pleat was the uh, the, the uh, person that made the uh, unfortunate Pleat, yes. call that Owobi doesn't score seconds yes. before he scored. <laughs> um, and Tony Jones was the uh, was the main commentator there. Great. Okay. That, that was pretty good. Yeah, half a point each. Half a point. I should have known straight off the bat. Well, you put it out of your memory, mate. You put it out yeah. of your memory. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Number two, this would be a quick one. I hate that. That's cheating. Uh, and he deserved his yellow card. Um, okay. That's cheating. He deserved his yellow card. Who was that? Well, I know who was talking. I know exactly who was talking. I know exactly what moment we're talking Alan about. Alan Shearer. I'm getting in first. That's one point. <laughs> you got Liam, quick, yeah, Liam should get the moment. Yeah, he's talking about Miguel Almiron. He dived inside the penalty box trying to win a penalty at the end of the day and got given a yellow card for. Well, that was too easy. Well done, boys. One We're each. You're on fire, yeah. Pat. You are. You are. You're, you're, you're passing. You've got about 60% so far. <laughs> We've got two more clips. I think you will I think you'll get this one. It's a, it's a slightly longer one again, so have a okay. listen. Are you concerned about January now? January, I mean August, for goodness sake. I don't, I don't even know what we're doing in September. You're asking me about January. I don't give January a thought. So you're asking the wrong man if you're asking to get someone concerned about January. I'll start worrying about January, probably about December. The 
Crypto guys, who's not concerned about January? Old Roy. <laughs> He's a good character, Roy. Definitely Roy at his post-match conference. And Roy Hodgson. And what was he talking about? He was talking about Wilfred Zaha leaving. <laughs> That's two points to con. <laughs> Liam, what happened there? You didn't know, didn't recognize Roy's voice. Oh, I'm here. <laughs> Liam fit on silent the whole time. Oh, yeah. Liam. I could see the, the boxes popping up and I was like, I'm trying to talk and nothing was happening. I was like, oh my goodness. I, I got, I got the two points, Liam. <laughs> You've fallen well behind in the race. Oh, that, that's a bit rough. For those at home, we're having a few technical difficulties that, that poor Liam's bearing the brunt of. Um, the final one. Now, this will be interesting. I'm not sure if you guys will get this. You might get the context and then that could deliver you the answer. Here we go. I watched the statistics, so possession was nearly, nearly the same. We created more chances, we had more shots, uh, but the reality was anyhow they had four shots on our on our goal and we're four not up at, at halftime. Right. Who knows who what that the, was? What the fuck? <laughs> it was Daniel Fark talking about Liverpool going four nil up against at halftime. Liam, you need to get in fast. Yeah, I had no team, idea who that was. <laughs> So, what the fuck, Daniel Farke is is <laughs> our new patron saint of what the Farke yeah. um, <laughs> podcast. We should dedicate an entire segment just to his name, I reckon. Yes, what the Daniel Fark. Um, <laughs> I like it. I like it. We will do I, that. So that's the I, end. Oh, sorry, I Liam. Go on. I think you're winning with a bit of an, an advantage there, knowing who this Daniel Fark is. <laughs> that's, so, that, Daniel Farker is the new manager of Norwich City. So not the new manager, but the manager of the newly promoted club, Norwich City. And Con, Con had the advantage because his team played them. So you... Liam, all I can say is, fuck you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but Con will take a win any, at any win. cost. And <laughs> congratulations, Con. <laughs> A resounding victory. Thank you. Thank you. It is. Due to and, technical difficulties. <laughs> and speaking of Con, we have a brand new segment that Con is hosting. Oh, you're going to love this one. And here is your intro, Con. I own the club. That's right. Dollar, uh, dollar. Make it rain on. Hey, hey. Uh, hey. Uh, I'm Let's go, baby. So, who the heck is that, or WTF is that, is Con's new segment where you can play along at home, guys. Con is going to give us a few clues, and Liam and I are going to show our general soccer ignorance by not being able to guess who the person is that Con is talking about. Take it away, mate. Okay, love it. First of all, Pat, I want to say what an intro. I was doing the crib walk in my living room for that music. It was amazing. Thought you would have liked it. I loved it. So, yeah, we go. Are you ready? This is going to be a couple of doozies. But the rules of the game is clear. The two of you will have a point each. Oh, sorry, let me rephrase. There are 10 points on offer for grabs. The more questions I ask, the less points you get. So if I ask three questions, 
and someone gets the answer, they get seven points. There are two people to guess today. Okay. And I will start with number one. Are we ready? Get born ready, ready, guys. Funny you should say that. I was born on the 10th <laughs> of May, 1969. Clue number one. Oh, my Lord. Any guesses? <laughs> um, I will say... I will say... Jordan, Jürgen Klopp. Nope. You only get one guess per clue. <laughs> Liam, you got nothing? I've got no idea. That's way before my generation. I was born in the 90s. <laughs> I made my professional debut... In 1986. Clue number two. We're starting to get closer to my time. Like the, <laughs> next, the next clue could be my, my in. Tony oh, Adams. Dear. Nope. All right. Two clues down, eight points on offer. I am obviously no longer playing football, but I did continue and go into coaching. Oh, who am I? Giovanni Van three. Bronckhurst. No, I like that you're getting in there, Pat. I'm yet to hear a guest <laughs> from our young associate, Liam Lawler. I'm just throwing out anyone that could <laughs> anyone. be remotely age 50. <laughs> I yeah, clue I've number four. No one. I was a former assistant coach of Ajax. Mark Overmars. Nope. Jeez, oh, um, Frank De Boer. Nope. I really thought I had it. I, I, th I thought, thought you, you did. <laughs> All right. That's four down, guys. Six points left. The next clue is a little bit, uh, should start paving a pathway for you. I started my career as a wide midfielder, then striker, but then ultimately played the majority of my career as a second striker. Van Nistelrooy. Five, four, no, three, no, I've got two, no. one. Five clues down, five to go. We're reaching the desperate levels here, boys. It's over 50%. I was inducted into the English Football Hall of Fame. English Football two, Hall of Fame. In 2007. Is it Dennis Burkett? It's Dennis Bergkamp! Oh, what? <laughs> I have oh. won an Eredivisie, KNB Cup, European Cup Winners' Cup, two UEFA Cups, three EPLs, and four FA Cups. Jan Mulder described me as having the finest technique of any Dutch international. I am an Arsenal legend. I am affectionately known as the non-flying Dutchman. Very good. Jeez, well done, Liam. So didn't, Liam didn't think he was that old. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Tennis Bergkamp is 50 years old. I did not know that. But there you go. So Liam got that on clue number six, giving four him four points. Well, well done, Liam. Liam. Is there a bonus point because he's an Arsenal player? No. In actual fact, <laughs> I should take a point off you. Because uh, you should get it sooner. You walked into that one, Liam. <laughs> Just take your four points and run. <laughs> the moment I said he was born in 1969, I expected an answer straight away. <laughs> Okay, are we ready, guys? Pat, you're going to have to do a bit of a turnaround. Well, yeah, I'm a bit disappointed. Two. I went through the whole Arsenal you team except for Dennis Burkamp. 
It was quite funny listening to you name all the Arsenal players except for the one. <laughs> all right, guys. Player number two. This player played alongside none other than Diego Maradona. <laughs> you start long before my generation, so... I do. <laughs> no guesses? All right, moving Bet on. Gabriela... Gabriel Batistuta. Good guess, but no. I have won the Serie A, UEFA Cup, two European Cups, two FA Cups, a League Cup, and a Cup Winners' Cup. There was a lot of cups there. Yes. A lot of cups. Um, Alexander, Alexander Del Piero. Nope. <laughs> Liam, I guess you're no not idea. guessing. No, I've got no idea. Look, Liam. I must say one thing, Pat. Liam's strike rate's pretty good. He won <laughs> He's one out of one. <laughs> two, one out of two. He's very calculated. All right, two clues down. I'm like, I'm like Chelsea. I feel like Chelsea here. And playing <laughs> it's Manchester United. I'm just feeding off all the clues you're giving me. Pat. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> He's got a strategy, Pat. All right, next clue. I was voted the Football Writers Player of the Year in 1996-97 and was the first player to get that award without having to play a full season and the only player. Ronaldo. Fat Ronaldo. Fat Ronaldo. Nope. Is it skinny Ronaldo? No. He was barely born then. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll move on because Liam Yeah, keep guessing. going. Nope. I played for my country in the 94 World Cup and Euro 96. I had a total of 35 caps for my country. Oh, okay. Let's narrow it down a bit. Um, I'm still nowhere. Nowhere near. How many clues have we given you? Uh, you've been given four so far. I really come into my own after the next clue. <laughs> <laughs> so no guesses on this one. All right, clue number five. All right, now it starts getting a little bit easier, guys. I have coached in England since my playing days are over. I've coached at two teams in England, not as a head coach. Oh, jeez. There's going to be some listeners at home jumping up and down now. <laughs> um, not as a head coach. In my last position, sorry. Oh, so he has been a... Oh, okay, so he has coached as a head coach. But not in this... So this is clue number five. Oh, my goodness, this should be... I'm going to be <laughs> kicking myself. This is killing me now. I hope I know this player. <laughs> You you both know this player, trust me. You will kick yourself when you when I tell you who it is. All right. Looks like we have no guesses here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we'll be moving on to clue number six. This hopefully should open up the door, guys. I was described by United manager Alex Ferguson as a clever little so-and-so. Wow, crickets. I expected a bit more than that. I hate United. 
<laughs> I was Cliff. described by United's manager, Alex Ferguson, as a clever little so-and-so. Oh. 96, 97. I was just I'm even, starting. I was in I'm, kindergarten. I'm even going to go one further. And this is, look, just to the judges and the panel, I'm just going to go with a little... <laughs> the key word here, gentlemen, is little. Think about all the other clues in that word. <laughs> oh, we've got them here. No, gentlemen. no. Nothing I'm coming. stumped. I'm stumped. Okay. There are... There there can't be many clues left. I've already got a clues here. We're on to clue number eight. Ranieri describes this player as a wizard because he makes magical things happen. Come on, guys. Messi. <laughs> Lionel Messi won the Football Writers Award in 1996 97. <laughs> Played with Diego Maradona. <laughs> well, he might have been in his backyard. I don't know. Oh, not a guess. Think of Ranieri. Who did he coach? Oh. Leicester. <laughs> Bloody well, before Leicester. Well, it's Chelsea. But... Yes, so we're on at least the right bloody club at the moment. Gianfranco Zola. Gianfranco Zola. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> the hey, this final is a... clue was in 2003, I was voted Chelsea's greatest ever player. Well, Jan Franco Zola. That was tough. That was a meagre two points that I get for that. So <laughs> you got two uh, points. Are you, are you keeping an ongoing a running total, Con? I am. So what will happen, guys? We'll have a monthly champion at the minute. We've got Liam on four points and Patrick on two. So well done, guys. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's... I don't think we can. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're not taking that. it. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't feel well done to me. Okay. <laughs> at least, look, small mercies, at least we didn't get down to the last clue, which is always a good thing. We weren't far off. Yeah, well, look, <laughs> small mercies. Yeah. Well done. Thank you, Con. Excellent. I did really enjoy that, Con. Just so you know. <laughs> It was good. <laughs> Thanks. It also brings us to the end of our first podcast of the season, one in which Arsenal definitely outscored Liverpool. <laughs> thanks thanks for having us in your ears everyone and we'll catch you all next time on What the Sport thanks everyone thanks catch you later Somebody go beer what the football football football